Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club. Briarwood Country Club and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Good morning. Another edition of T to Green here on WGR is on the air. Thanks for joining us. Hope everybody's having a great start to their weekend. I'm Brian Colsey along with Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis. Thanks for joining us here on your best spot for local golf talk here in Western New York. Coming up on the show, we will be talking a lot about this week's PGA Tour event, the Travelers Championship. Kevin actually there working this week for PGA Tour Radio. So we'll get a, a lot of good insight on what it's like on the grounds and uh, all the protocols and all the news that's been going on there. So a lot coming up on the Travelers Championship, uh, Travelers Championship coming up here along the way. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau continues to uh, put out insane numbers with his shots and his driver. So uh, we'll talk about that and also just whether or not we think it's good for golf. Uh, other good news this week uh, or other news this week regarding the U.S. Open and who can play and who can't. We'll have that. Our Champions Tour report, Ryder Cup report and our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, all coming your way here on Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Uh, let's say good morning to Kevin and Jeff. Kevin, we'll start with you as uh, you're in Connecticut covering the Travelers Championship. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I want to wish all the members at Lancaster a, a, a good second day of the member member this weekend. They're missing me. I know that. Maybe oh, yeah. not. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but, see uh, posting about that. They didn't <laughs> yeah. Thank God he's not here. Um, <laughs> wow. Pace of play. Perked right up. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, especially me trying to make sure that grip's right. Uh, we'll talk about that here on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's great to, uh, great to be here at the Travelers Championship, uh, especially with uh, everything that was occurring Wednesday, Brian and I were <laughs> communicating uh, on my on my drive uh, here from Buffalo. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Jeff, good morning. Another beautiful week to play golf around Western New York. Yeah, it was great. Um, nice to be outside. You know, this they say the elite seasons are you know summer and fall and winter in Buffalo. Maybe spring's not so much fun. This summer's been great so far. Um, that little bit of rain perked everything up and. Uh, it was it was a great week to play golf. 
Absolutely. All right, well, let's get right into it here. The Travelers Championship this week did have some news back on Wednesday. Um, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, actually held a press conference, and uh, there was some worry in the afternoon. And as Kevin said, he and I were communicating while he was en route to the course, thinking of, uh-oh, is something going to happen here? Uh, I know there was, you know, some rumor of shocking rumors on social media about, uh-oh, is the course, you know, is the tournament going to get shut down? Um, there were five players that ended up withdrawing, Kevin. Uh, Chase Kepka, Brooks Kepka, Graham McDowell. Uh, help me out here. Who else uh, we've got? Uh, Webb Cameron Simpson. Cham Cameron Champ. Cameron Champ and Webb Simpson. Cameron Champ was the only player who actually tested positive. Uh, Ke Brooks Kepka, Graham McDowell had their caddies. And then Chase out of precaution. Webb Simpson out of a family-related situation precaution. Uh, all decided to withdraw. But as those names were coming in, there was some speculation of like, uh-oh, what's the commissioner going to say? But um, Kevin, what did you take from what the commissioner said? Uh, your fellow media members, kind of the talk about how the tour handled it this week and just going forward, um, you know, the changes that maybe they'll be looking to implement to try to continue to make this as safe as possible. Well, I, I um, it's funny. I saw um, Jay Monahan on Thursday afternoon. And as he stayed on, you know, on property and I, frankly, I thanked him for continuing. I just said, Hey, thanks for keeping us going. Um, and it was a brief conversation. It's funny. We, and this is uh, the new protocol. We both, he, he saw me coming over. Um, I, whatever he's, he's our boss, boss on the PGA tour and, and he's familiar with everybody and he, he he's waved. And then, um, I was, I, I just motioned, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah, he masked up. I put I put my mask up, and uh, you know we had a socially distanced conversation. That's just one of the things. Everybody everybody has a mask on them uh, here at the golf tournament. Um, just one of the things. That the players are coming down for interviews. Uh, they all have masks with them. The caddies they all have masks uh, in the in the area. So um, I, I think what the commissioner said was, "Look, it. We knew." that this was a possibility where we're going to have positive tests. So they've had two players test positive. And frankly, when you had the corn Ferry tour, which is, you know, also on the umbrella of the PGA tour coming in, you know, this week, they Brian, seven positive tests out of 2,700 and change. You know, I'm no math wizard, but it's less than 1%. It's less than half a percent that have tested positive. So, um, which you say, okay, well, how much is enough? And I don't, I don't know what that answer is, but that's such a minuscule percentage of people testing positive um, that are competing on the PGA Tour. Um, and, and with staff, I got tested uh, this week. And, uh, you know, everybody coming on the grounds got tested uh, here at the Travelers Championship. And I, I think we'll see that uh, going forward. So I, I think what he said was, look at, we are going to move forward. We're going to proceed. Now that we've had some players withdraw, we've had two players test positive, some caddies test positive. Um, we are going to remind everyone of the protocols, that they have to follow those protocols. And if they don't, uh, there'll be consequences. So I think, he, uh, I think he stepped up to be a leader here and say, we're going to continue forward here and be even more diligent than we have been. You know, I don't think it was a surprise for him either. I mean, you got to anticipate right. with that many people around in your orbit that you're going to have some positive tests. 
And with all the other sports, you, you gotta, I'm sure they had a policy. I'm sure they had a plan and a procedure to continue on. And if you look at it, you know, Brooks Koepka and Chase Koepka, that's the one that breaks my heart. You know, you see Chase Monday qualify for that event, which is the hardest thing in the world to do. And because he stayed in the house with his brother, whose caddy tested positive out of abundant, you know, because of the policies, he doesn't get to compete. Webb Simpson, I understand, you know, he just won last week. You can imagine he's a little tired. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's going to be part of the new norm, too, as we go forward, because people are going to test positive. People are going to test positive in the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. And we just have to be prepared for it and, and put things in place. And the PGA Tour has enough players. You know, there's a lot of guys that tee it up every week. So they're going to continue to play unless it's, unless it's a really bad situation. And, and I don't anticipate that. Kevin, what a what a very cool move by the tournament officials, the Travelers Championship, to uh, allow Chase Kepka a spot next year, a guaranteed spot next year. I know Jeff mentioned how hard it is. I'm sure this is, you know, an opportunity to fulfill one of his aspirations professionally to play in this event. And obviously, he did the right thing of withdrawing and uh, following the protocols. But you know, I love how they worded it too. Like, we hope you don't even need us to give you the spot next year. That he's going to be that, you know good in terms of his standings on the PGA tour that um, he'll just be there anyway. But I thought that was a classy move by the tournament to guarantee him a spot next year. Well, it's just one of the, it's another example why players vote this, their favorite tournament year in and year out um, uh, best tournament. They just, uh, Nathan Groove, the um, tournament director just does a fantastic job. Uh, he really worked hard recruiting players to come here uh, over the years and, you know, the, the fields are going to get – it's a fun golf course to play. They do everything first class hospitality-wise. Things are obviously uh, a little different, <laughs> you know, th this year. Uh, it is – it's interesting having been here in the past and being here this year without all the infrastructure put in, the grandstands. I'll, I'll tell you one positive thing for me is – this golf course is gorgeous. I mean, you can see everything. It really is uh, a beautiful track. Like there are some, uh, with grandstands up, you can't see some things or maybe you don't see the full landscape of the hole. Well, you get to see that uh, here this week at the golf course. Uh, and it's fantastic. But yeah, classy move. Uh, recognizing how difficult, as Jeff said, is to Monday qualify and to tell them, hey, you're in next year. I mean, you know, and also that does, that guarantees Brooks is coming back next year too. So even more, move right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant move, you know, and, uh, you know, pair them together, put the brothers together. I think that would be, well, though, maybe that'd be a little more pressure on Chase. Maybe he wouldn't want it, or maybe he would want it to, to feel a little more comfortable. Jeff, can you talk a little bit more about the Monday qualifying thing? And just, I know, you know, you've uh, encouraged me to follow that Monday qualifier on Twitter and just <laughs> to, it, it's really amazing. Some of the stories we see about, some of the incredible rounds that these players have to try to get into these events, you know, where they'll shoot the round of their life. And then sometimes it's still not good enough um, of just how hard that next group is uh, of, of what they're trying to do to actually get into some of these events. Yeah. You look, it, it's, it's under the category. So you want to be a tour player, right? How hard is it to, to really play out there? Uh, I follow that Monday Q on Twitter. He's one of my favorite files because he'll show all you know, I shot, how'd you do today? Well, I shot 65. Where'd that place you? Three back, you know? So five guys got in shooting 62 or something. I remember the event at Shorewood when we held the uh, the local event down at Peak and Peak. 
I mean, there was, I want to say 156 guys tried to qualify for five or six spots and you had to shoot 63 or something ridiculous. Uh, just how good these guys are for, for uh, Chase to get through that way. That's awesome. Got to play with his brother or got to be in the event with his brother. And then all of it kind of came crashing down. Um, but it is one of the hardest ways to get into a tour event. It's really, even if you're, I mean, if the tour players had to do it, I think Rory McIlroy, one of them made a, a comment this week that if I, you know, if I had to Monday qualify, I wouldn't get into too many events. You know, it's just, it's that hard. Well, it, it shows you the depth, the depth of talent in professional golf. Um, it's amazing. Uh, Tyler Duncan. Okay. Let's, um, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple of Tyler stories here, uh, from this week, if I may, uh, Tyler Duncan, um, he had an excellent round of golf yesterday, 64, 63, 64, 60, uh, 600 par on, on Thursday, excuse me, in the first round. And um, Tyler McCumber also had an excellent round of golf. Tyler Duncan, now he won the RSM Classic, but, you know, he's not a name we mention week in and week out. Well, during uh, the uh, pause and play during COVID, Fred Funk would put on golf tournaments down in Ponte Vedra. And it was medalist play. And Tyler Duncan won a few of those. Well, a lot of pros are, are playing down there. Uh, over 36 holes. Uh, you know, that's not easy to do. Uh, Tyler McCumber was hiking uh, for a week. He got back Tuesday night from hiking the Appalachian Trail and gets the call, hey, you're in as an alternate due to some withdrawals and some alternates who couldn't make it. He arrived Wednesday night at 11 p.m. And... No practice round, very little warm-up, and shot five under in the first round. Just shows you how talented uh, golfers are on the PGA Tour, even the names that we don't mention week in and week out. There is one name that I know our Canadian listeners know, and that's Mackenzie Hughes. And, of course, from what Dundas, Ontario, close to Hamilton, had an incredible first day, Kevin. He shot a 60. He had a putt on his last hole for a 59. Um, I'm sure the 59 watch was going on at the course <laughs> for everybody. Well, it, it was, by the way, Mackenzie Hughes is married to a Fredonia girl. So, um, uh, even more of a Western, uh, New York connection here in our listening audience. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is, he started on the back nine. Uh, so he's finishing up on the front nine and his 18th hole today was the ninth hole, which is a really cool <laughs> hole. It's a dog leg, right? Uh, you, you gotta be strategic with your tee shot. Bryson DeChambeau on Thursday took it over the corner and probably had 30, 30 yards to the green. A really aggressive play. Well, Mackenzie Hughes decided he, he's going for 59, So and he hit the driver really well uh, the last time he touched it on the seventh hole. So he decided to take driver and rip it over the corner. Left rough, and he said after the round, worst lie he's seen in this golf course ever. <laughs> So he was able to get it on the green, but Jeff, he deviated from his plan and yeah. right. But you know, sometimes when you're feeling it, you change things up there. Had he stayed with his plan, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know. I've never been uh, toying with shooting 59. So uh, I, I might deviate from my plan on the last hole too, uh, just to try to get that, that historic number. But the depth, as you say, the depth on this tour is, is amazing. Um, and, and they're doing it in so many ways. You know, we talked about Bryson DeChambeau, you know, um, he's doing it one way. I hope golf can continue to be that way where a guy who's five, three, like a Jeff Sluman can still continue to compete against these guys. And, 
you know, um, and watching all these guys, all these names you never heard of, they come out and they fire zero. Um, it's that's what makes the game great, and that's you know that's what makes guys like Rory McIlroy and all the dust that stay at the top for long, even that much more amazing. Brian Colesiel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Minas here on T to Green. Thanks for being with us here on a Saturday. T to Green presented by the Western New York PGA Woods to Wedges, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara, Briarwood, and Lancaster Country Club. Yeah, I I mean. Some of the, the ways uh, I was watching the video of how Rory McIlroy, one of the holes yesterday, a dog like Wright, just went over the trees the entire way and just totally took the dog leg out, just landed it kind of right in front of the green. I mean, this is a shorter course, Kevin, so guys might be more willing to do some of these things on a course like this. But uh, what we're seeing guys do right now in terms of trying to get the most carry, uh, the DeChambeau numbers that he's been showing about getting carry of 360 i mean this is yeah this is just 200 mile an hour ball speed yeah insane. well he um in a practice round on 17 the final hole of the golden horseshoe there 17 now you know the players will take it uh, straight down from the top of the hill there's that bunker left water right he tried to carry the water and he did he was only 20 yards from the front of the green and then when asked if he'd do it in a competitive round, he says, no, the, the risk, uh, the reward's not worth the risk uh, to do it. But <laughs> it's pretty amazing uh, to, to hit it over. I mean, 17 plays 418 yards. So he hit it 390 <laughs> down the hill. This is the, this is the second shortest course they play on the PGA Tour, uh, 6,841 yards on the scorecard. Do you know what the shortest course is in the PGA Tour? Any guesses? I was going to guess Sawgrass. Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach is correct. Yeah. Pebble Beach is, is correct. Um, but it goes to show you, right? I mean, you don't need to be 7,500 yards to be a great golf course. Yeah, I agree. I'm just – I'm hoping that the Deshambo – well, I don't know what I, what I think about the Deshambo thing, I guess. I, I keep going back and forth. I, I see him do that 360 carry, and I'm like, oh, that instantly I'm like, that can't be good for golf. That's not going to be good. Like, because now every every young golfer, all these players, can say, well, if I make myself look like I'm a pro wrestler and I hit the ball 360 yards, this is how I'm going to win. And look at Deshambo through the first two events was in the running to win both of them. He's off to a good start in this event so far, like. I don't know if, you know, but DeChambeau's getting talked about. There's a lot of talk about golf. People are, you know, that might not are tuning in to see him. So I guess I could also argue it the other way as well. Well, let me say this. Um, you know, seeing him in person, he, he, listen, he's, Kepka's a, a, a well-put-together dude, right? I mean, but these guys, they, you know, pro wrestler, I mean, there's not veins popping out of his arms. Like, he's not. <laughs> um, That's true. He, he is bulkier. There's no question. He's uh, very bulky. Yeah. There's no question about it. Uh, he's put a lot of work in. I think he's very proud of the work in. But watching him hit drivers on the range Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, he's out there. I mean, you know, he's approaching B.J. Singh level here of <laughs> work on the range. Um, watching him swing repeatedly, that driver, Jeff, you tell me it is such a, I, I don't violent swing. There's nothing smooth about it. Um, I mean, it is just, uh, all you can go there. I just wonder 
if he, he will be able to sustain it. I mean, you can work out as much as you want, but you know, the flexibility and just being able to maintain that and not have his body break down with that. And I'm thinking about his knees. I'm thinking about guys like Kepka's had knee issues, Dustin Johnson, knee issues, Tiger with the knee issues with all that torque. Um, you, you tell me as the, the, the pro here. Well, you know, I, a lot of that weightlifting and stuff and, and getting stronger does prevent injury. And the thing I notice that's a little different, if you watch him, you know, I always say there's a different swing to the driver than there is for the irons. He swings differently at the irons, and the, you know, because you're hitting up on the ball versus down. If you watch his left foot, it's spinning out of there. He is not, you know, it's not like he's rotating around that left pivot point at, you know, with trying to decelerate a club from 200 miles an hour. He's slipping around a lot and stuff like that. Uh, and, and they're also the way you achieve power is you thrust upward. And so there's a lot of other things that are going on there. So I'm, I'm thinking he might be a little less susceptible to injury because he, you know, due to that high speed he creates with the driver, just because he's not so firmly planted into the ground when he's making contact. So um, I think he can like where, you know, uh, John Rahm or uh, Brooks or Tiger Woods or all those guys, you know, the swing was different. Um, and they're, you know, they're putting a lot of pressure on his knees. I don't think he's putting as much pressure on his knees and his hips with the way he swings at the driver. So Jeff, an so answer my question. Is it good for golf that DeChambeau is doing what he's doing? If a, if a, if a young player came up to you that you were giving lessons to and said, Jeff, I want to hit it like Bryson DeChambeau, show me how to do it. Would you do it? Yeah. And, um, We've known this for a while. I mean, we've known that distance is the number one factor because proximity to the hole is the number one factor in scoring. And we've known, you know, that there's a huge value in the driver. I mean, that changed when the ball changed, I think. And um, I don't know if – I think it's good in one way because it attracts people to the game that, you know, maybe are less than avid fans. I just hope, as I said, I, I don't want to have it take away – what's great about golf is everybody can compete on an even level. So I don't want the PGA Tour to become you have to be 6'5", swing it, you know, 200 miles an hour ball speed to even be competitive. I want it always to be the best player. So, like I said, Jeff Sluman, if you've ever met Jeff Sluman in person, he is a tiny person. He's not a big man. But he could compete because he could play. And I don't want it to become a basher's game. Um, just And that's the only way you can compete to win. Should it be a factor? Yes. Should you be fit? Should you have to, you know, you know, I always tell people to swing hard. Try to, you know, you're trying to hit it far. But I just don't want it to become – you know, big open fields, and they just let everybody bash away and flip wedges in. Um, and, and it'll be different in the open. The other advantage it gives them, though, is with the shorter clubs, too. It, it's easier to hit a fairway if he's trying to hit a 240 when he's hitting a 5-iron 240. It's easier to keep it in the fairway than me zinging out a driver. Um, so I don't know if it's good or bad. We'll wait and see. He's had, you know, remember he tried the one-length club, and he's had peaks and stuff where he's played well and in the past before, and then it kind of fades away. Um, We'll see. Um, I do think people like to watch, and uh, so it might be good. Brian, is it any different than hockey, um, which over the years, right? I mean, let, let's look at the players, the size of players in hockey. They're big, right? Um, you know, the Danny Breers of the world are near extinct in the NHL. There's only a few players that are under six foot. Uh, that they exceed and they, they have to be exceptional uh, to overcome a lot of things. Um, you, I mean, you look at all those hockey players, right? They're all over six foot, six foot two. I mean, if you're not a six foot uh, two to six foot five defenseman, forget it, right? In, in the NHL, it seems like every player is big. Um, the, the size has, in, has increased uh, in hockey. And I, I think we're seeing that. So 
related to distance, right? I mean, if you don't hit the ball far, uh, forget it. I mean, you, you, you've got – because over, over 18 holes, um, the further away you are, as Jeff said, it's proximity. It's tougher when you're playing against an opponent who's hitting driver wedge and you're hitting driver six iron uh, most often, you're not going to win. You're just not. It's just it's too hard to get not it. Not on the tour. Not, a, not on, on the, the tour. PGA tour level. Jeff, nope. not at, not, you know, uh, in amateur golf, yeah, yeah. you're not going to win. Even at your club. Um, listen, that's why I went and saw you about the grip change. I needed more distance. I knew I wasn't hitting as far. And to compete at Lancaster, I'm like, man, the course plays a little longer. I said, I, you know, if I want to compete in the scratch stuff, um, which I know, listen, uh, as a eight handicapper right now, I'm not going to win, but I want to, I want to challenge myself. I need to hit the ball further. Um, so I can compete with, you know, some of the guys that I play with. And I guess in general, we've seen sports go up and down with this, you know, is it better to be the biggest, bulkiest, strongest guy, or is it better to be look at, I mean, we talked last week, Rory McIlroy, even though we know he's strong and fit, he looks leaner. Gary Woodland looks much leaner. Tiger Woods took off a little bulk kind of in his phase coming back. Uh, I'll look at the NBA. The NBA is no longer about biggest, tallest, str- strongest guys. It's about being quick and fit. It's a perimeter game now. The, the NBA is all about the guard play. It's not about being seven foot five, 400 pounds, and you know the bulkiest guy on the court. So um, and even the NFL, you look at the linemen anymore. They're not 350. That they're, guys are taking defensive linemen that are leaner and quicker. So, um, you know, golf, this might just be a thing with Bryson, and maybe it'll go back. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, to say that this is the f- future of the tour, I think, is a little uh, premature. But let's just face it. The numbers that he's putting up are pretty jaw-dropping, no doubt. Okay, let's take a break here on Tee to Green. Good first segment. As uh, we talk to Kevin from the Travelers Championship and our check of the PGA Tour event and the leaderboard brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different and also by Puma Golf Shoes. When we come back, we'll get our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, Jeff's Insight, coming your way as we roll on here on Tee to Green with PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester at the Travelers Championship in Connecticut. I'm Brian Colziel. More Tee to Green coming up right after this. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra and Jim Beam, and by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tea to Green coming up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, T to Green. Thanks for joining us here. Brian Colesio, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Minas. Good first segment, a lot on the Travelers Championship. Uh, if you missed out on any of it, uh, it'll be up a little bit later today on our on-demand section at WGR550.com. All right, let's get to our tip of the week. Brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. We're going to talk about grips this week and a, uh, a personal connection because it's Kevin's grip we're going to talk about. All right, Kevin, what do you got here? Well, you know, so we talked about distance the last segment and – um, you know, come, listen, we're all, we're all looking for more, um, distance, uh, in, in the game, but you need to be accurate too. Well, anyways, I played around with Jeff and Jeff's like, you need to strengthen your grip. Uh, Jeff, explain what that means and how to do it and, um, why I'm having difficulty <laughs> getting comfortable with that stronger grip. You know, first of all, as an instructor, one of, the, one of the things you hate to do is mess with people's grips unless you really have to. And, um, you know, the grip isn't the be-all, end-all, but it certainly can affect things. You know, if you have a funky grip, you're going to have a little bit of a funky swing, which is fine. But I'll discuss it as a, as a right-handed golfer. So, um, basically, Kevin, I thought you were hitting what we, in tennis, we'd analogize to a cut-spin forehand because your left hand or the top hand was rotated to the left, um, almost under the club. And that adds loft to the club. So you have to have a lot of hand action then in order to square up your blade. Another way you square up your blade is by stopping the rotation of your body, um, which also takes speed out. You know, you think of a pitcher. If he stops his hips, where is it? You can't, you're not going to have anything. It'll be a terrible pitch. Um, so by turning the left hand on top, um, we call that, we put you into a neutral position. You're calling it strong. Um, that would actually be a neutral position. But if you put the club in front of you at a 90-degree angle and, and put your, just your left hand or your top hand on it, you should be able to hinge it easily up towards your nose, right towards your chin, straight at you. Um, if your hand, like your left hand was, was too far under, it's very hard to hinge. And we're trying to create a hinge, and we're trying to get that club face back squarely. You had to do it with a, a lot of rotation with your hands and stopping your body. Now with a stronger grip, you can rotate your body and keep your hands passive. And that's the goal, and that puts a lot less curve on the ball and makes you a lot more consistent. And like I said, you hate to do it as an instructor, but in your case, it, it, you know, it, was, it was the only really glaring weakness. And the grip can also then cause your path to be steep. So if you have a weak grip, or what we call a weak grip, people tend to swing over the top and to the left. Um, so a lot of players who are slicers, they exacerbate that problem by having a weak grip. If we just turned your grip around and made it a little stronger and just sent you out to the range, you'd have figured it out yourself and gotten better. But then we just add a few steps to make it a little easier for you to uh, to uh, to adapt, I guess. Yeah, you know the the um, it's funny. I, I would I would play, and I had some really good rounds early in the spring with that weaker grip. Uh, but that's because I had the timing down, right? I mean, if if my timing's off, being handsy, uh, lack of a better explanation, then forget it, right? I'm going to hit the ball terribly. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, not, not always. You well, not terribly, adapt. but I'm, adapt, yeah. yeah, but I'm not going to hit it. I'm not going to, I'm going to miss out on that distance, that square face. I'm, I'm going to be like, what, what's going on? <laughs> right. I won't be consistent with my shots. 
Yeah, because your grip caused your path to be steeper and go over the top, as they say, and to the left and make the club go into the ground at a steeper angle. So just uh, just that alone will make you less consistent. And, and you, you're, you're playing golf for a long time. This is, you know, you're trying to get better, so you know, you got to make the right path. Grips do take a while. You know, what's that myth, the talent code, 10,000 reps? Well, it does take a little bit for you to get comfortable with the grip. I wouldn't say 10,000 reps. I think three or four rounds people can typically get comfortable with it. Um, and the last point I have is, you know, just that for the golfers listening, one way to adjust it if you're having this problem is there's an old saw from Sam Sneed. What do you do if you're hitting hooks? Well, I go hit a thousand slices. Well, what if you do, what if you're hitting slices? I go hit a thousand hooks. Same thing for you. So if you're hitting high pull fades, if you go to the range and hit practice hitting low hooks, you'll kind of, uh, you, you'll start to get away from that problem and change that problem quicker and become a better player because of it. You know, the, the, the interesting thing I've found, uh, and I finally, well, excuse me. Prior to the, this week, where I went to the range, um, I I felt like I was swinging way too hard, uh, which seems counterproductive. But with you know that that path headed left, I mean, it would it'd create this pull hooks. Or if I caught it right, I I would crush the golf ball. This is on the course. Well, I, I finally went to a range and uh, got a couple of uh, extra large buckets, and it was really um, at the start of that second bucket where I really started to feel comfortable hitting the ball on, on the flight path um, that I wanted to, just a, a, a higher, slight draw um, that I felt like, okay, this feels good. And I found a tempo, a good tempo uh, that I felt instead of just trying to hit the ball as hard as I could. I, I feel like tempo is still important. Yeah, and, and I think you feel like you're swinging too hard because you get out of sequence. So, you know, the grip caused that club to get steep. Well, then your shoulders will tip over first as opposed to your lower body initiating the swing. So people feel like they're swinging hard when they're out of sequence or out of balance. So, you know, I want you to swing as hard as you can. Just maintain your balance. So, you know, uh, you'll find it. It's, it's always new and, you know, through confusion comes mastery. I think someone said yeah. that once. So uh, it'll take a little bit, and, and I'm confident you're going to be a much better player, you know, in a couple weeks than you were earlier this spring because of a better motion and changing your grip. Yeah, and you got to put the work in, right? I mean, that's uh, listen. We talked about Bryson DeChambeau, Brian, that first segment. Why is he hitting the ball further? Well, it wasn't just work in the gym; it was work on the range. Um, and I, I can't stress enough how many, nearly every player, um, goes to the range or the putting green after the round of golf, even if they, unless they played like Mackenzie Hughes played <laughs> in round one of the Travelers this week. Most everybody works on something after the round. You don't you, – you warm up before a round. You practice after a round. Yeah, you never practice before a round. Last thing on the grip, Jeff, when, what do you see as the biggest, I guess, commonality in terms of mistakes with grips? I mean, obviously, a lot of people listening probably are slicer, the right-handed slicer. Like, just what, – yep. what, is, is that a big piece of it is the grip, do you think? Yeah, there's all – you see very few good players with a weak grip. Most people are at some point were told to put their thumbs right on the top of the golf club, on the top of the shaft. That's wrong. That's a weak left-hand position. When your left hand's on the golf club, your, your left thumb's actually on the right side of the shaft a little bit. So your knuckles are on top. And most, you'll never, you very seldom see a good player with a very weak grip. They'll actually err towards the strong side for the most part. Okay, good advice there. Hey, one more thing on, the, on our uh, tip of the week here, of course, brought to you by the Western PGA. Kudos to the Western PGA on Friday at Glen Oak. Uh, they held the inaugural Western PGA Junior 56 Showcase. 
Uh, and this is um, having golfers, the best high school golfers from Section 5 and Section 6 at Glen Oak. And they have a tournament this year. And what a year to do it because if you don't know, even though golf is a fall sport for Section 5 and Section 6 here in Western New York, sectionals and states are in the spring because there's other sections in the state that do it in the spring. And there was obviously all high school sports were canceled this spring. So uh, these fine uh, players, these high schoolers didn't get a chance to maybe go to sectionals and go to states, which uh, what a cool experience that is. Uh, I know just from coaching high school tennis, when we went, when we got to go to Flushing Meadows for states, I mean, it's just a cool thing of any sport. If you get to advance through, uh, through the New York state tournament, but uh, all these high school golfers didn't get to go to sectionals. They didn't get a chance to go to states. And uh, Glen Oak is hosting them. Uh, they did on Friday for this, um, what they're calling an inaugural event, calling the Junior 56. So Jeff, pretty cool there, uh, a way to kind of get these seniors and or these you know these golfers that maybe especially the seniors a chance to have a little uh, cool moment. Yeah, it's going to be a nice win for somebody. And you know, a lot of these kids lost out on you know posting some scores. They're trying to play college golf and for recruiting and stuff like that. Here's a nice event that the West New York PGA and Glen Oak are hosting, and uh, that'll help these players and, and something fun to do. Awesome. Okay, when we come back, Phil Mickelson turning 50 and a story about three holes in one and an albatross all coming up uh, as we roll on here on TD Green with Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Koziel. TD Green right after this, coming back on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tee to Green coming up. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back on TD Green. want to thank our friends at Scroy Financial, the local family-owned financial planning firm. They've been helping Western New Yorkers achieve their financial goals since 1971. Free complimentary one-hour consultation. That's redundant, by the way, free and complimentary, but they both work uh, to help you with your money with our friends at Scroy Financial. Give them a call today, 674-6700. That's an easy number to remember, 674-6700. You want to learn more, check out their website, scroyfinancial.com. That's S-G-R-O-I financial.com. That family's been supporting golf for many, many, many years here in Western New York. 
Ryan Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, back at you here for our final segment of Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA, Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara, Briarwood, and Lancaster. All right, let's get to our Ryder Cup report now, brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing, the official clothing of all of us here on Tee to Green. Uh, there has been a report this week. Now, no one else kind of went with it, so, you know, take it for what it is. But uh, according to The Guardian in London, on Monday they reported that the Ryder Cup matches that are supposed to be held late September at Whistling Straits will be postponed until next year due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Others used this report, but there's no other source that has come out and said that, yes, this is confirmed or anything. So um, more speculation. We have talked about it every week about we kind of are hearing now players and the captains don't want to play it without fans, but um, now there's a report out there. Again, nothing official uh, from the PGA Tour uh, – or, I'm sorry, from the PGA of America on the Ryder Cup. But, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you've you heard any buzz about it this week uh, while you're at the Travelers Championship. Heard nothing about it um, other than what players have said, said publicly. Um, I, I, you know, did talk to a couple of uh, people in golf production, and they – you know, we're we're debating, we're debating it. They said, "Now nah, you need fans at the Ryder Cup." They they all everybody I've talked to that's I haven't been to a Ryder Cup. Everybody said you need the fans there, the energy, the atmosphere, um, which we've seen on television here. But you know, I, I think the individual individual matches would be intense, but it wouldn't be the normal scene uh, that we expect. And I think when all the players started jumping on board with that, I think that may have happened. And I doubt they would go, you know, if they have made that decision, there's a lot of communication to be made with a lot of partners and vendors and everything else before you'd actually uh, go out and make that announcement. So they're aware of it before you, uh, you blindside them with something like that. But I, I would understand the decision and I would support it. Well, and I think Quail Hollow, right. They're supposed to host the president's cup uh, next year. And they, remove themselves from their regular stop at the, for the Wells Fargo championship um, to host the president's cup. So I, you know, there's a whole lot of things that are, are involved with moving the Ryder cup. A year. Yeah, it's all, all interconnected. Yep. No doubt. Uh, let me correct myself. Our Ryder cup report brought to you by new era cap, the official cap of team USA. Thank you. New era. Now we'll get to our champions to report. That's brought to you by Donald Ross clothing uh, right here. On TV and Green. DonaldRoss.com, you can. That's right. Get on there spot. We uh we hope in the next few shows at some point to uh to have more information about this, Kevin. But it is pretty cool that you can go and buy Donald Ross clothing now, uh, without maybe even having to go into a pro shop to do it. Yeah, they've got the. I mean, their stuff is fantastic. It's the only, only golf shirt and golf clothing that my wife compliments me on. Hmm. Only once. She's like, "That looks nice on you." Other other ones I'll put on <clears throat> that doesn't look so good on you. <laughs> it could be the fact that there's 432 shirts that she has to clean all the time. Maybe <laughs> the closet. I, I do my own laundry, buddy. <laughs> look at you, very good. See, that's that's the way to score some points. Very good. Well, that's no the doubt. way I make sure. That's the way I make sure I keep it all. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they can yeah. magically disappear along the way. Good idea. That, is, that has happened in the past, Brian. I had to make a policy change. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, our uh, one of our one of the most popular players in the world, Phil Mickelson, is now Champions Tour eligible. He turned fifty this week. His first round after turning fifty, he shot a sixty-four in round one on Thursday. So, uh, an impressive start there. Uh, Mickelson again at the moment says he's going to play the PGA Tour, but he will play the U.S. Open this year. Kevin, they announced that uh, there was a change in policy in terms of the U.S. Open qualifying because of the COVID-19 pandemic, less local qualifying. So they opened up uh, the official world golf ranking to now include the top 70, which Mickelson will definitely be a part of pretty much even if he doesn't play up until the U.S. Open, he'll still be in the top 70. So Mickelson will get a chance to go back to Wingfoot, where out of his six runner-ups, and we could probably go through them all here, but that was the one that probably was the most in his grasp. He had the lead on the 18th hole, and the debate on the tee with Bones, he takes out driver and hits the hospitality tent, takes a double bogey, and Jeff Ogilvy sneaks in to win. Yeah, that's, that's the one that burns him the most. Uh, this has to be. Uh, but, but that's Phil, though, right? I mean, uh, and even Rory said it earlier this week, you know, about Mickelson. Fans love him because he, he um, d- doesn't care. He always goes for it, right? Uh, it throws caution to the wind. And that was Phil then. It's still Phil now. Hit the bomb, baby, right? I mean, that's Phil. And it, unless you're related to a golfer in the field this year, you're not human if you're not rooting for Phil Mickelson to win the U.S. Open this year. He'd do it at age 50 and, com- and complete the career Grand Slam. It'd be marvelous. And I remember defending hitting driver. He's trying to win. You know, you're trying to win the U.S. Open, you know, if you make it. And he'd been driving it beautifully, and he had confidence, so it happens. But um, – he, he he's a hard luck. I think Arnold Palmer, you know, he kind of got a little bit of Arnold Palmer in him. Arnold Palmer's going to try to drive the green no matter what. And if he's got a three-shot lead, and that's Phil also. And it's a great way to play golf, and that's why he had so many wins. But that's also why he's had a few memorable uh, last hole fumbles. The one U.S. Open, because uh, obviously last week being Father's Day week, I saw a lot of U.S. Open highlights on social media. The one that you can blame nothing for Mickelson was when he was – a youngster, 1999, but it's one of my favorite moments in golf. Payne Stewart makes the putt on the last hole to win by one. Dick Enberg with his classic, oh my, line that Payne Stewart's your 1999 U.S. Open champion. And then Stewart comes up and grabs Mickelson essentially cheek to cheek and you know, trying to console him for obviously a heartbreaking loss, but telling him that the best thing in the world is being a father because remember that whole round um, – Mickelson's wife was in labor and he was going to leave and ended up, obviously they ended up with, you know, his wife ended up not going into labor, but I remember that moment, not only Stuart winning that iconic fist pump that of course they have the statue of, um, but then him embracing Mickelson. Like that's one of my favorite moments in golf. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great moment. Um, you know, everything, everything about that, that brought back the uh, golf vest too, because Stuart like cut right the sleeves off his rain jacket yeah to be more comfortable <laughs> uh, with that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool moment. Um, listen, Phil Mickelson's one of the greats ever. Uh, and, if he, you know, he doesn't end up winning the U.S. Open. Um, he'll regret it, uh, maybe, or it, but it, <laughs> believe me, he's had a remarkable career, and he did it while playing in the Tiger Woods era, which, I mean, listen, without Tiger there, how many more things does he win, right? Oh, yeah, a lot more. 
And who'd have thought in 1999 he'd never get one of those? You just assumed he'd get a couple of those by the time his career was over. Well, it shows you – listen, uh, everybody says, oh, Ricky Fowler's going to win a major. Um, uh, how many majors was Sergio going to win? Right? Sergio's oh, yeah. won one. Um, yep. You just tell me Sergio's not an unbelievable golfer? Of course he is, right? A couple minutes left here on Tee to Green. Brian Colesio, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Minas. Let's, fi let's finish here uh, our show this week with an incredible story. Uh, this comes out of Victoria, Australia. Four golfers. Okay, you're in a foursome. How about this? Four golfers combined to make three hole-in-ones and an albatross all on the same day. Two of the aces came on back-to-back -back swings. All three-in-ones happened on the same hole, the par 3 12th. Um, this is at the 13th Bank Beach Golf Links in Victoria, uh, where they actually host an LPGA event. But um, might as well throw the names out here. Gary Anderson and Peter Maluich got consecutive aces on the 12th hole in consecutive shots. Then later in the group at the end, Travis Mott got a hole-in-one. And then the fourth man in the group, Toby Walker, had an albatross on the fourth hole. Incredible day for that group. Did they play 36 holes? <laughs> I haven't oh. done that in a career. Yeah. Well, you said because the whole ones happened on 12, and then the other whole one happened on 12. They must have played 36. Maybe they did because it said it happened on the, um, on the par 5 fourth. So maybe they went around. Because yeah. the story said the same, same day. Same so day. Maybe it doesn't okay. say same round. So maybe they went, okay. went around twice. Or they were, I, had okay. a, I had an assistant, Kevin Rice, who some people may know in the area, had two hole-in-ones in one round and hit it to an inch on the third hole on the other part three. He was a – he was uh, what, five under on the par threes there, and uh, that, he made uh, Sports Illustrated for that. Pretty cool. Well, there was consecutive home ones at Harvest Hill um, several years ago, and I forget the, the play. By the way, a guy made an albatross at Oak Hill on 13, the Hill of Fame hole. Mike Caruso, I believe is his name. Driver over the creek, 300 yards, he's a scratch golfer, and hit a three-iron 260 that went in. Crazy. I bet, I bet that's the only albatross on that hole It ever. is. It's the first yes. one ever. First one ever. Amazing. Well, discussions of hole in one on this show is kind of a sensitive topic for the three of us. So we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna end it right there. What's our grand total? I have zero. Zero and zero. Yep. And we're talking about golf. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great finish. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Well said. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, uh, enjoy the weekend uh, at the Travelers Championship. We'll be listening to you on PGA Tour Radio. Thank you. Look forward to it. And stay safe in your travels as well. Thank you for that, too. All right. For Kevin Sylvester at the Travelers Championship, PGA Pro Jeff Metis and I, Buffalo Brian Colziel, back here in Buffalo, we thank you for listening every Saturday, T to Green, right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.